Today on Hardwired. Can you understand with me today that God sees what we do not see? He sees your life before you take the next step. He knows where you're going before you leave. He knows where you're gonna arrive before you get there. He sees the end from the beginning. When you were born, he saw the end of you. He knows the day you're gonna die. He knew the day you were born, your face, your DNA makeup, your personality. You were in the mind of God before you ever were. You are listening to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire, the founder and senior pastor of Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Maybe you've noticed that our culture is pretty messed up these days, which makes people feel anxious and filled with questions. They want peace, but have a hard time finding it or making it last. Well, Pastor Jeff is going to share in the message today about how you can finally be filled with hope, security, and most importantly, that peace you're looking for. We know that you're going to enjoy the message, but you can also listen to it again or any of the messages anytime you would like at our website, hardwired.org. Let's get right to the message. Here's Pastor Jeff to tell us what's coming up today on Hardwired. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us and making us a part of your very busy day. Well, as we head towards this Easter, it's hard to believe it's already Easter, I want to talk to you about something that has always spoken to me, and that is when Jesus looked out over the city of Jerusalem just before his crucifixion. And it says he wept. And why did he weep? Because he said, I came to you. I was going to bless you. I would have saved you. I would have redeemed you. I would have delivered you. But you did not recognize the hour of your visitation. But what did Jesus mean by that? And can you and I have an hour of visitation from God today? And if so, what does that mean for us? Well, let's go right to today's message as we sort of gear up for the Easter season. I can't wait to share part two of the message, the hour of visitation. Let's jump right in. The road to the resurrection. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pluck out as Jesus nears the cross and nears the resurrection, I'm just gonna pluck out a couple of key events that were part of the road, Jesus pathway to the resurrection. And I wanna talk today about the hour of visitation. When Palm Sunday had already taken place and Jesus Christ was in Jerusalem and looking out over Jerusalem, and instead of rejoicing over what has just happened to him and the crowds that have, uh, have hallelujahed him and kumbaya'd him, he is instead weeping over this city. Now, I want you to think about that. He's weeping over a city. And he said, you have, you have praised me, but you haven't received me. You have been stirred, but not changed. Now, I'm going to say that again. You've been stirred, but not changed. Many people are stirred by God, but they're not changed. He said, all of this doesn't really mean a whole lot because the bottom line is you have not received me. He knew full well that in just a few days, the same crowd that had praised him would turn on him and demand his crucifixion. So he knew that their praise was about a half an inch deep and a mile wide. It was shallow, it was meaningless. Happens all the time to the Lord. Now, he said, you didn't know the time, you didn't recognize the hour of your visitation. That word time is a word that means an appointed time or an opportunity. You did not recognize, Jerusalem, the opportunity that God has given you. 
Jesus was saying to them, you did not recognize the appointed time of your visitation. That is when God was visiting you, the time in which God showed himself gracious towards you and offered you salvation through his son. You didn't recognize the hour of visitation. I've had several visitations from God, but I'm gonna tell you the first one, I was in juvenile home for sale of narcotics when I was 16 years old. I had never heard the gospel, but a preacher came with several young people. They played a couple of songs on guitars and he got up and just quoted John 3:16. I had never heard it, never knew it, wasn't raised in church, didn't know anything about it. And when I heard it, somehow I knew that something else was in the room. I knew, and a voice seemed to say to me, if you do what he has said, I will forgive you and give you a new start. If you don't, you will be destroyed. And so that night, I gave my heart to Christ. I did not know what I was doing in terms of, I didn't have theology, I didn't have any knowledge of the Bible, but I gave my heart to Christ and he saved me. And I asked the guard to leave the light on in my room when I went back to my room, my cell. And he left a little dim light on and I read my little striped paperback New Testament that he had given me, all that Jesus said and did. And even then at 16 in total pagan darkness, the Lord reached in and changed my life. It was an hour of visitation and I responded to the hour. Then when I got out of juvenile home, I got sent off to Austin for a year to a boy's ranch. It was part of my probation and I was a minor. So there was nothing ever on my adult record, ever. But as a minor, I got sent off and for a year I was there. And, and during that year, nobody told me to read the Bible. Nobody told me to go to church. Nobody told me how to grow spiritually. There was no way that they could follow up on me. But I have found the greatest follow-up is the Holy Spirit of God. And I began to dabble in Eastern religion. I tried all kinds of different things to discover and experience what I had felt in jail, which was this peace and this power. And so, man, I tried yoga. I tried going out in the woods and crossing my legs in the lotus position and saying Aum all day long. And I got ant bit. I mean, ants got all over me. And that's all that I experienced. You're supposed to go out there and become one with nature. Aum. And I sat there for the longest time, Aumen. And the ants heard me. And they thought I was a meal. And I really got ants in my pants. And I said, well, so much for meditation. But the Holy Spirit then, when I left there after a year, I got a little apartment next to my dad's apartment. And my dad had gone through a divorce and had remarried. And I was in an apartment just down the way from him, a little efficiency apartment. And I was wondering where God was and what had happened to me. And a knock came on my door one day and it was two of my old drug friends. And they said, hey, you wanna come with us tonight to a Bible study? And I said, a Bible study? They were carrying a Bible. They had that smile on their face and that look in their eye that when you're lost, you recognize from 10 miles away. And I said, well, I don't know, I, you know, I'll think about it. And I shut the door. And when I shut the door and they walked away, I turned around and there was another presence in the room. And the Lord seemed to say to me, go to that Bible study. It was an hour of visitation, hour of visitation. And I went and that night I went and I saw young people like me, long hair, wire rim glasses, skinny, blue jeans, bell bottoms, the whole bit, worshiping Jesus with tears running down their cheeks. And I prayed a dangerous prayer. I said, God, if you'll give me that, I'll give up anything. He said, say that one more time. 
You ever hear God say that? Say that one more time. And I said, Lord, if you'll give me what they have, and right then the power of God hit me. You say, well, Pastor Jeff, are you about to get Pentecostal? I've been Pentecostal a long time. A long time. I believe we need Pentecost at any cost. Amen? And, and, and it came on me. And suddenly I was overwhelmed with a sense of the love of God. I can't describe it to you. It's like somebody opened up the top of my head and liquid love was poured down into my spirit. And I couldn't stay in that prayer circle. I broke out, went out into the front yard. This was at a house and Jesus just filled me, baptized me, whatever you want to call it, in the Holy Spirit. And within a year I was preaching and teaching the word. It revolutionized my life. And I tell you, Honestly, standing before you, I am what I am by the grace of God. That's it. I am what I am by the grace of God. We serve a God who's powerful. He can change a life. He can do for you in an hour what psychiatrists can't do for you in a decade. He's powerful. His spirit is powerful. I mean, who was I? What was I? I hadn't gotten past the ninth grade in high school. I didn't know anything about the Bible. And yet the Holy Spirit came upon me and I learned to play guitar just so I could sing songs to Jesus in the quiet of my apartment. And within a year, I knew I was called to preach, knew that I was called to teach. I've been doing it ever since and I, and I can't wait to do it more. I'm gonna do it until I drop. The hour of visitation. If I hadn't gone that night, I would not have experienced the Holy Spirit like I did. And if I hadn't gone that night, I wouldn't have learned that I was called. We respond in the hour of visitation and he comes to save us. Now, a second reason we experience a visitation from God, a visitation from God is deliverance from danger. I want you to listen to me on this one. God will visit you and me when we are approaching danger. Remember what Jesus said to the people of Jerusalem. He said, days are going to come when your enemies are going to build an embankment around you, surround you, close you in on every side, level you and your children within you to the ground. Why? Because you did not respond to the hour of visitation. That tells us that he visited when danger was imminent. He'll give you a visitation when temptation is knocking on your door and you're about to make a bad decision. He'll visit you when you don't realize you're six inches from the edge of a cliff. Jesus knew what was coming to Jerusalem and he knows what's coming to you and me if we don't walk with him. He knew what was coming to the Jewish people and tried to save them before it came. He predicted armies besieging the city. Great calamity would fall on the people with multiple casualties. 70 years later, it happened. I quote a historian, the Roman legions surrounded the city and began to slowly squeeze the life out of the Jewish people. By the year 70 AD, the attackers had breached Jerusalem's outer walls and began a systematic ransacking of the city, but it got worse. The assault culminated in the burning and destruction of the temple, the holy temple. Their church was burned to the ground and it served as the center of their worship and they had it no longer. And in victory, the cruel Romans slaughtered thousands of people, thousands of Jews, thousands more were enslaved and sent uh, to toil in the mines of Egypt. Others were sent to arenas, the equivalent of our stadiums. 
throughout the Roman Empire to be butchered for the amusement of the public. They were wrapped in animal skins and thrown to wild animals as the Romans cheered and laughed and mocked and ridiculed them. And Jesus saw that coming. I believe an hour of visitation has come to our country. I believe if our country does not have a revival, we are done. You can't abort millions of babies and not be done in the eyes of God. You can't mock God and remove God from the minds of children and not be done. Can I preach a little bit today? Before Pastor Jeff comes back to wrap things up for us today, I'd like to share a couple of important things with you. Let me encourage you to take a minute and check out our website, hardwired.org. You'll find today's program along with all of Pastor Jeff's messages. There's a growing list of great things to check out at the site. So hop on over and check it out, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. And be sure to tell your friends about the program. We know you're being blessed by it. I'm sure your friends will be as well. We're here to reach as many people for the Lord as we can. So getting the word out will help us on this mission. And that's what this program is all about. And Pastor Jeff's back now for the conclusion of today's program. There comes a time when God says, I visited you. I offered salvation and you didn't take it. Now I'm gonna get more positive in a moment, but this is positive because we need to understand the God we serve. He's not only a God of love, but he's a God of holiness. Can you understand with me today that God sees what we do not see? He sees your life before you take the next step. He knows where you're going before you leave. He knows where you're gonna arrive before you get there. He sees the end from the beginning. When you were born, he saw the end of you. He knows the day you're gonna die. He knew the day you were born, your face, your DNA makeup, your personality. You were in the mind of God before you ever were. When his mercy is received, it brings blessing, peace, and safety. When he is rejected, though, it brings sorrow, regret, destruction, heartache, and disaster every time. When an hour of visitation comes to you and me and he warns us of a danger, take it. I've never seen anybody deny and ignore the voice of God when he visited them and warned them that did not end up in destruction and disaster and regret and heartache. Think about it, this truth of deliverance from danger and judgment is all throughout the Bible. Let me give you a couple of quick examples. In Noah's day, an entire generation received an hour of visitation. The hour of visitation came in the presence and in the person of Noah. He began to preach to them and said, this whole world is gonna be covered in a flood. God has discovered, it says, the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth in the days of Noah, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. I used to read that and say, man, that was a bad time. I think we're in the same time where the imagination of men, teenagers, even children is getting evil. That's why we teach your children when they're, when they're yay high. Lord, I don't need any confirmations. Everybody say, oh me. Look what happened. So in an hour of visitation, he offers salvation through the preaching of Noah. Noah preached for 120 years. He warned them judgment's coming. He warned them God is going to judge you. He warned them that a flood was coming for 120 years, but he was just the fool on the hill. He was just the nutty old man building a boat where there was no water. 
He was the brunt of jokes and he was mocked. In 120 years of preaching, he didn't have one convert, not one. But the Bible says that one day the rain did begin to fall out of the sky as it never had before because mist had always come up from the ground. This was brand new. And it began to hit them on the forehead and strike them on the face. They could not believe it. They looked to the ark and they remembered what this crazy old man had been saying for 120 years, but it was too late. God had shut the door. And it'll be that way when the rapture of the church happens. Oh, don't tell me some God's going to come out of the sky and take all of you away. Oh, 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 that's those right-wing fanatic nuts. But I'm telling you, one day, millions are going to disappear from the face of Western society and millions around the world. And no one will know what in the world happened to all those people. And the door is shut. That's why you pay attention to the hour of visitation. There's an hour of visitation now. Thank God it's the hour of grace right now. In Moses' day, an entire generation received an hour of visitation. It says, the Lord said to Moses, I've certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering, so I have come down to rescue them. And he did it by sending Moses, whose face glowed in the dark. And yet the Bible says, God was frustrated with them in Hebrews, we're told, so I was angry with them. And I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter into my place of rest. Be careful then, the, the writer says, dear brothers and sisters, make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. Now on the flip side, in the prophet Jonah's day, an entire city experienced the hour of visitation and they responded in faith with incredible results. The Bible says that through the preaching of Jonah, and he only preached one sentence, and I could paraphrase it, turn or burn. <laughs> and the great city of Nineveh repented, it says in the Bible, from the least of them to the greatest of them. The entire city was spared the certain judgment of God because they had an hour of visitation, and in that hour, they responded. It's always good news when you know God's knocking. Say, Lord, I unlock the door. I open the latch. I throw the door open. Come into my life. Come into my heart. A third reason we may experience a visitation from God is this, to encourage and strengthen you in the day of battle. And this is by no means exhaustive, but I had to share this one because I've experienced this one myself so many times. God will visit you when you are in the heat of the battle of your life. And he will encourage and strengthen you so that you not only survive, but you thrive. You not only kind of eat by, but you run by. God can strengthen you and carry you through the darkest valley of your life. And I want you to know that you can experience an hour of visitation when the devil is breathing down the back of your neck and every circumstance has gone wrong and those that used to be friends have become foes and you are alone in the world. I tell you, you are not alone. Your God is standing next to you and with you and in you and beside you and around you in the heat of battle. I got to think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There they were. They were being forced to bow down to an idolatrous image of the King Nebuchadnezzar, to compromise, to cave in, to give in, to sell out. 
Who would have cared if they had just said for a moment, okay, we bow a little bit, here we go. Now, don't throw us into that oven because the king has sent the word out, if you don't bow, you're going into a burning, fiery oven. No one likes to burn to death. All they had to do was say, okay, uh -huh, now we're done. I didn't really mean it. Can I tell you, the temptation will come to every single person in this room to bow down to something that does not honor God. And they had such an integrity before God they said, no way, I'm bowing down to anything but Jehovah God. It says, so these men wearing their robes, sharp looking Hebrew young men, their whole lives in front of them, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound with ropes and thrown into the blazing furnace and the king had turned it up seven times hotter. It was so hot. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who threw them in. It was so raging that when they threw these kids, these teenagers in, they were incinerated. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the flaming furnace. And everybody there said, well, that's what you get for not bowing. But something happened down in that furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, because he was looking down in there, he said, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? Yeah, one, Shadrach, two, Meshach, three, Abednego. They replied, certainly, O king. And he said, well, then what am I seeing? He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And so glorious... And obviously divine was the person that was down there that even a pagan king said, he looks like the son of God. Everybody say with me, hour of visitation. In the hour of battle. If the devil is putting the pressure on you, it says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. You've got to know when one demon comes against you, you've got two angels, three angels, four angels, five angels that never rebelled and they are going to fight for you and you are going to hold your peace. I want to close out talking about Paul, the great apostle of joy, the one with the most positive attitude, with such burning faith, nothing could stop him. Here he is in the book of Acts in ninth, chapter 19. He is chained. He's in the bottom of a ship. He's being taken across the sea to face Caesar. And a storm rolls in that was so bad, it threatened the lives of everybody on board. They threw stuff over, nothing lightened the ship enough. They were rocking and rolling and reeling. They were about to sink. And it says in the Bible, all hope that they would be saved was lost. They gave up, they put up the white flag. They said, this is our death day. This is when we're going down. But there was a man of God in the bottom of the ship. Let me tell you something, folks, when you walk with God, you have no idea what that does with people all around you. Because these were a bunch of pagan dudes who didn't know the Lord, but there was one praying man in the bottom of the ship. Can somebody say amen today? All it takes is one, the power of one. Because one, as a Christian, is never one. It's always two, because he's with you. Now, watch this. It says, all of a sudden, Paul appeared before these terrified men who had given up. And he said these words, there stood by me this night an angel of the God 
to whom I belong and whom I serve. And he said, I urge you to take heart for there'll be no loss of life among you. How do you know that? He had an hour of visitation in the time of battle. You're never alone. You are never alone. You may hurt, you may go through trials, but you are never alone. There is an hour of visitation to be saved. There's an hour of visitation to deliver you from danger. There's an hour of visitation to strengthen and encourage you in the hour of great battle. We appreciate you listening today to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. Every program we do has one main thing in mind, and that's to share the hope and good news of Jesus Christ to people who need to hear this message and hardwire the teaching into their daily life. That's what this ministry is all about. So if you've been encouraged by the message, we would love to hear about it. Pick up your phone and give us a call at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. Or go online to our website at hardwired.org. And be sure to bookmark the web address to your favorites folder so you can come back often. Also, would you consider getting on board with us as a faithful ministry partner? Your valuable contribution makes a big difference to us in helping to get the message of the gospel out through this program to people everywhere. Your generosity along with this ministry is reaching people in a way that you may never have the ability to do on your own. So jump on board as a hardwired partner by calling us at 877-884-3111 or go online to hardwired.org, 877-884-3111 or hardwired.org. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you so very, very much. Have a great rest of the day and thanks for listening to Hardwired. Hardwired.